0: 10 11 now. Johnson has some time steps, throws, pass intercepted, picked off by Eric Lee. 15 10, touchdown, Nebraska. And the 10 11 studios in Lincoln, Nebraska. 15 10, 5, touchdown, JD Spielman from 75 yards. This is the N Report Podcast. It's week two of the Nebraska football season, otherwise known as Colorado Week. This is the game that the Huskers and the passionate fan base have looked forward to for quite some time now. And it is here, 2.30 on Saturday. The Huskers play at Folsom Field, which Scott Frost says is a beautiful scene for college football. It's even more beautiful when the Huskers get a victory, according to Frost. With Dan Corey, I'm Kevin Suits. Dan, how you doing? Scott Frost played one time at Folsom Field, and it was a Husker victory. Makes me think of that Johnny Cash song. It's not about Folsom Field, but
1: yeah, and uh, the crowd is going to be pretty rowdy. Might be listening to some Johnny Cash out in the parking lots.
0: And I noticed that, uh, Dan, you've replaced the Kool-Aid with coffee today. So are you making a change in your feeling about the Nebraska football team on week one? It might be uh, the easy
1: thing to do after week one, 35-21 win over South Alabama. The offense did not look great, but no, I'm not changing my tune, 8-4. and I I will say this, a lot of people are, as Kevin, as we dive into this, a lot of people are pushing the panic button on the offense. I say, let's give it another game. If they're like that against Colorado— Buckle up because it might be a long season. I just don't see it happening two games in a row, though.
0: Surprisingly, the panic is about Nebraska's offense, a unit that was hyped so high during the offseason, has so many returning parts, including a Heisman candidate quarterback that really underperformed on Saturday. Adrian Martinez has been his... Most difficult critic, as he's reviewed the tape, as he's evaluated his play, and he said that he's had several conversations with head coach Scott Frost and his position coach Mario Verdusco. Adrian says of himself, that kind of play is not acceptable. He needs to be a better leader. And his teammates are expecting him to perform at a higher level. So I love to see that out of Nebraska's sophomore leader. But what does it mean for week two? Will they bounce back, and will they show flashes of what they did in 2018? I do feel like
1: the offense was held back a little in its play calling by Scott Frost and Troy Walters, the offensive coordinator. But Adrian struggled on Saturday. If if we're going to sit here and and praise him during good games – There is uh, some throws that he missed, and he had, in my opinion, maybe his worst game as a Husker. Even that Michigan game, where you could maybe argue his worst game as a Husker, I felt like he was running around and and looked more like the playground Adrian Martinez on Saturday. He looked like a totally different quarterback, and I, I hope there was a reason for that, that they can get fixed easily.
0: Nebraska's offense ran 66 plays against South Alabama. That's pretty low. And if you break it down, yards per play, it's just over four for a Scott Frost offense. Very uncharacteristic. And they had 66 yards in the second half against South Alabama. That's the reason that there is a sense of panic. Uh, But Scott Frost says it needs to change, and it changes in practice. Here's Adrian Martinez addressing the Huskers' offensive performance in the season opener. I think he was really excited to get out there. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of his efforts. You know, I don't think it was. I don't think anywhere on the offensive side it was, it was from a lack of effort. I think it was more just uh, all of us need to focus in, hammer on in, in those details. And um, I think Cam's included in that, myself. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's a force out there, and I think he did a good job. So that's about Cam Jurgens, who started for Nebraska at center, did not play in the second half. Instead, the second center to come in was Will Farniak. So the Huskers, uh, unsure which way they're going to go at the center position moving forward, but they're looking at two young guys the snapping was of concern in fall camp, and that carried over to the opener. So if you try to really dissect why Nebraska's offense struggled, one, starting field position was not great. Number two, the drives were pretty short, so it was hard for the play caller, Scott Frost, to get into a nice play-calling rhythm. And they're also playing a team for the first time, and they threw some different things that the Huskers weren't quite prepared for. Scott Frost even said that they got a little too schemy. I don't know if that's in the dictionary, but it's in Scott Frost's vernacular.
1: So in the second half, that's when Nebraska really started to gain momentum. They had the Eric Lee pick six backed by the J.D. Spielman punt return, and Maurice Washington started the second half at running back, and right away he bounces a run outside that was 15, 16 yards, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. The offense is finally going to start get it rolling. While they're driving, Adrian throws the pick, and then Mills with the fumble and the defense was scoring scored two touchdowns followed by a JD Spielman punt return for a touchdown so The offense really didn't get a chance to get going, and when it did, it shot itself in the foot with turnovers.
0: But in the meantime, Nebraska's other phases of the football game were very good. You saw a special teams touchdown with a J.D. Spielman punt return score, and then there were uh, two defensive scores, one on a big hit right at the goal line by Cam Taylor, recovered by Alex Davis, and then a pick six by Eric Lee. Dan, let's talk about those two plays for a minute. Alex Davis, Eric Lee, both in the highlight reels for the season opener, Both were guys that played under Mike Riley and were recruited by the previous coaching staff that stuck it out, and they were by seniors. So much of the preseason, we were talking about the Scott Frost recruited guys who were really making a splash and making a move up the depth chart. But here it is after game one, you've got two veterans, a little bit unheralded making a few of the biggest plays of the game. Especially Eric Lee Jr. We knew Alex Davis was going to be at outside linebacker and was going to
1: play significant time. Eric Lee Jr., we weren't sure of. Started out at cornerback, and he moved to safety. Deontay Williams goes down with that injury. So Eric Lee Jr. slides on in there. And I will say this. The play before his pick six... Uh, excuse me, South Alabama threw a long pass play. Eric Lee Jr. covered so much ground to come and knock the ball out of the wide receiver's hands. It would have been a 25, 30-yard gain. And then very next play, I believe, Eric Lee was going the other way with the pick six. Scott Frost said after the game that Eric Lee and Markel Dismuke were not at the top of Frost's uh, board when he got here. He said that those two... Uh, weren't really doing things the way he wanted things done. But now it was Scott Frost walking into the tunnel after the game with Eric Lee Jr. and said those guys have come so far, and ELJ is reaping the benefits right now as he heads to his home state of Colorado. I'm
0: just going to say that. Eric Lee, now after the biggest game of his Husker career, now gets to go home, said he was recruited by Colorado, and he'll be back in his home state on Saturday. More on Eric Lee. He could have left the program. He even mentioned that he had thought about transferring when the coaching change happened and he was not getting the playing time. Even admits that last year when the Huskers played Colorado in Lincoln, he didn't see the field and that hurt him, his exact words. He also changed positions. They moved him from cornerback to safety. He describes playing safety as the quarterback of the defense. In most cases, that is completely accurate. I think it's a really good fit for him. It allows him to think less and just play. It showed on Saturday that it it does
1: seem like he's comfortable in that role and how things have changed for Eric Lee Jr. in just one half of football, basically. He says he didn't play in the Colorado game last year, to his dad calling him after the South Alabama game in tears because he's so proud, and now he gets to go back and play in front of all his family and friends. That's a great story right there, and I will say that the secondary for Nebraska – looked as advertised, looked like the way we thought it could under Travis Fisher.
0: And the game ball probably goes to Eric Janander. No player. It was the defensive coordinator who called a brilliant game, I thought, bringing a lot of different pressures. And if you're a player and your defensive play caller is sending somebody on the blitz, either from the edge, up the middle, from the secondary. We saw Lamar Jackson get the green light a few times. That's fun. And I think you saw the guys play like they were having fun.
1: And that's what the 30 front does is Darian Daniels up there eating a couple guys. They don't know where the blitz is coming from. Jojo Doman got involved with uh, the green light a few times, going and hitting uh, the running back in the backfield. It's a fun defense when it's doing what it's supposed to do, and that's what happened on Saturday, forcing five turnovers. That's exactly what Shenander wants. Frost, the number one thing that they want from that defense is forcing turnovers to get the ball back into the offense. Although on Saturday, they needed to score some touchdowns, too.
0: Play fast, no fear of failure. Is that what Scott Frost says? That's the motto. Time and time again. And I think we're starting to see these Nebraska players, when they are in interviews with us, Dan, they're starting to say the exact same quote as their – whether it's the head coach or the position coaches. How many times – we should actually start like a little board. It's trickling down. Yeah, they're really learning what – what the coaches are really preaching and then implementing them. Getting back to our thought about that defense and just their attitude and the way that they're playing, at least have shown in week 1. Here's senior linebacker Muhammad Berry about just the attitude of the black shirts and the way they showed out on Saturday. I'm happy that happened um, on Saturday because now the offense knows we got their back, you know, no matter what, we're going to have their back and they're going to play their best. That's not even close to what they have shown like they, it's not don't think that's the offense y'all gonna get this year they can that's their worst football but watch when you see their best football and you see us the defense play our best football it's going to be an explosion out there and that's what we're looking for this week that defense is going to be challenged this week colorado this is a team that uh, scored over 50 points in their season opening win against colorado state they're under a new head coach in mel tucker uh, they have a lot of this the key players back montez their quarterback very efficient very uh, dual threat oriented he can beat you in a number of ways and they have one of the best wide receiving cores in all of college football
1: yeah it's headlined by Lavisca chenault you'll know that name in a future years because because he's going to be playing on sundays and they gave nebraska fits last year now a new coaching staff mel tucker he's a defensive guy coming from georgia Colorado looked okay in its opener against Colorado State, but a lot of the preseason magazines, for what it's worth, the polls did not have Col- do not have Colorado finishing very well this year. So Nebraska – They
0: look like a 500 team to me.
1: Yeah, Nebraska should win this game. I'm going to leave it at that. Nebraska should win this game.
0: Nebraska has not won on the road under Scott Frost. Do you think they're just going to go to Folsom Field and win? Well, it's a neut- it might be a neutral site game. That is true. They're going to remember when Colorado has tried to say, keep the red out. That I was, think that's been an unsuccessful mission.
1: Talk about your all time backfires.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, th- the players talked about that, too, that they think that Nebraska fans are going to travel very well. Plus, this is a game that's drivable. And that was one of the. Things that fans didn't really like so much about the move to the Big Ten. These trips are just farther. They're harder to get to. They cost a little bit more. If you live in western Nebraska, you better be in Boulder on Saturday. Here's Jojo Doman, Colorado native, about the Sea of Red, heading west this week.
1: I know there's not a lot of love, you know. Um, back in the day, both teams were um, pretty good, you know, competing for championships. And... I think Nebraska got the better of them. So, you know, hopefully we can keep that trend going here. They recruit you out of high school. They did. They did. I did. And I came here.
0: Thank God I came here. So happy to be here. And hopefully we can take it to them this Saturday. JoJo Doman, subject of this week's Know Your Husker, which you can watch on Wednesday at 10 p.m. in the 10-11 newscast uh, that evening. The Big 7, the Big 8, the Big 12, Nebraska and Colorado in the same conference for more than 60 years. This will be the 71st all-time meeting. Yes, Nebraska, as JoJo mentioned, has had the upper hand in this series. It's not very close. Nebraska's won 49 times. There were two ties in there.
1: So it was the, you know, it's a rivalry that started, that really got brewing in the early 90s. McIntyre comes in as the coach. There's a 30 for 30 on it. And he says, that team right there, they're going to be our rival. Colorado gets good and gives Nebraska all it can handle for a couple years. And in fact, if you talk to a lot of Nebraska fans, they say that 92 game on Halloween was probably the loudest they've ever heard Memorial Stadium. And then when Nebraska at 94-95, Colorado was pretty good, top 10 team. Nebraska beats them in Lincoln 24-7 in 94. And then in 95, uh, they hyped that game in Boulder big time. And Amon Green, I think, scored on the first play from scrimmage 50 yards, and it was over before it even started.
0: Yeah, they smacked them that day, didn't they?
1: they did and so but colorado throughout the 90s was a pretty good program and that they of course they would play on black fridays and that was kind of the iowa before iowa and a lot of nebraska fans well maybe a lot of nebraska fans are hoping that that iowa quote unquote rivalry can kind of turn into what colorado was on those black fridays where just both fan bases dislike each other.
0: Good luck. I mean, the Colorado-Nebraska thing just has so much uh, nostalgia to it, and I think there will be a lot of uh, front yards, backyards, garages that there was there will be so many stories shared on Saturday as folks across the state uh, watch this football game. The remember wins from the 90s and uh, different moments in this series' history.
1: And of course, they played last year, right? They played in Lincoln, but that, I believe, was overshadowed by Scott Frost having his yeah. first game as a Husker. So, Everybody was talking about Frost's first game as a Husker instead of, oh, Colorado's in town. Now, as we put the South Alabama game behind us, now it's really going to start churning this week. And by Saturday, it's going to be overfilling with excitement.
0: Yeah, Colorado's a good team. And Nebraska, I think the fans and the coaching staff, the players, they want to see improvement uh, this week as opposed to how they performed in the season opener. So that's kind of the stage for Nebraska-Colorado this week. I love the iconic photo of Tom Osborne, and Ralphie's running right at him. And Tom's saying, go that way, big animal.
1: It's one of the best pictures, I think, in, I don't know. Photography. In in Huskers history. It's just so iconic, and the nostalgia is just so there with Colorado. You know, I grew up watching these games on Black Friday, and – and uh, it it definitely brings back some memories for me. So we'll see what happens. I, I feel like Nebraska players, they remember this game from last year. They know what happened to Adrian Martinez. They didn't want to talk too much about that in the press conference.
0: Adrian did not really want to talk to him, but you got it. I think that's just a player playing the game. If they're to pop off about, I'm targeting number, I think it was number 58. If I, I, I'm going after him, it's just going to – throw gas on the fire. So I think that the players are smarter than that. This team is. They know not to stir the pot too much. They will say the things like JoJo said, like, thank goodness I'm in Nebraska and I didn't go to Colorado. And, yeah, there's extra juice here. But if you were to get them in a pretty unveiled moment, I think that they would say – yeah we remember that yeah that was a cheap shot we're not happy about it and we want to stick it to them i think that would be truly the, te- the the context of how they feel about this game it was a dirty play martinez's ankle gets twisted in the bottom of the pile clearly after the whistle it was garbage football that was absolutely garbage football to nebraska's key player and i think Colorado knew exactly what they were doing. They knew the capabilities of Adrian Martinez. He already had a magnificent run earlier in the game, and they're probably thinking, oh, no, we can't stop a freshman quarterback at Nebraska. So they just took him out of the game. Yeah, and Nebraska, wins that,
1: and Nebraska wins that game if Adrian doesn't come out. Nebraska would have won that Likely, game. Likely. It's hard to say. That. Yeah, they, they still could have melted down. They would have. Well, and so Nebraska fans, Nebraska players – and I'm sure Scott Frost remembered that game and not like Scott Frost needs any more build-up. I mean, he, he knows what this Colorado rivalry is. So, yeah, about 2.15 on Saturday, if you can sneak into that locker room and film that pregame speech,
0: you know, that'd be appreciated. I'm pretty sure that that video is going to be watched a few times, whether it's in the locker room at somebody's apartment, whether it's on an iPad on the flight over there. Someone on the team is going to watch that and share it and say, "Remember this," and it's going to be a part of the motivation uh, for this game. And I would do it if I was the coach. Yeah, you yeah. Remember say- these guys? Right. They did this to us. Let's go to their place and let's, you know, let's give them a little payback. Let's get a little revenge on these guys. And Nebraska was in a good position in that game. They were up in the first half and they blew a two-touchdown lead.
1: Yeah, you know, you can say the coach speak and and what adrian said at the podium today and and that's great to us media members but there's a different talk that i think happens in the locker room trey neal said after the iowa game last year that scott frost said oh we it's it's like you're going into a bar and and you don't want to let your boys hang if they get in a fight you want to back them up and i thought that was a little interesting because scott's so good uh speaking and and front of people but like when you get him in the locker room yeah there's some different kind of speeches that go
0: on that's called coaching that is called coaching and you have a bunch of uh, late teenage to early 20 year old men and that's who you're trying to motivate think about who your audience is there's a certain way to motivate a 19 year old as opposed to me motivating a 40 year old um, so I, th- I think that that's a part of the discussion this week is Adrian Martinez. He's healthy now, and he wants to have a good game, and um, that was garbage play.
1: Yeah. Well, let's,
0: yeah. let's just leave it at that. Matt Farniak, I thought this is really interesting. He was not asked specifically about that play, but he said, as an offensive lineman, your job is to make sure nobody touches the quarterback. And he's not talking about somebody dropping back in the pocket and wanting to make a pass. He even mentioned, like, if he's running a quarterback draw, we need to get downfield and we need to block for him. We want him to have a free alley to the end zone. And so it's not just Adrian's responsibility. But I think you can read into I, I Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But no, I, I, I don't thread it knows. out. The fact, like, if he says that before the South Alabama game, okay. He's just saying that the offensive line needs to play well. If he says it before the Colorado game, I think that there is layered in there is a shot at Colorado.
1: Yeah, there's going to be some nastiness on Saturday. You, I would bet there's going to be some personal foul flags thrown. And in the stands, Nebraska fans might get a little nasty, and that's okay because they remember all those games from the 90s and they remember what happened last year.
0: Absolutely. So there it is. Nebraska's 1-0. Colorado is 1-0. The game is two thirty on Saturday at Folsom Field. It will be broadcast on um, ABC, I believe. Fox. Fox. Yep.
1: Fox has got it and uh, our boy Bruce Feldman who we talked with at Big Ten Media Days will be doing the sideline really like Bruce's work.
0: He's a he's a big Nebraska fan or at least he's very uh, optimistic about the direction of the program you got to interview him then in Chicago. He's crazy
1: about Adrian Martinez it just he he says that he will not be surprised if Adrian Martinez wins a Heisman
0: at Nebraska. This year?
1: Not this year, he says in his career.
0: I think right now, after week one of the college football season, if Jalen Hurts doesn't win the Heisman, Whew. I'd be stunned.
1: He was okay last uh, he was okay on Sunday night, wasn't I, he?
0: I know that it's a small sample size, but The way that they ran that offense, and we don't want to spend too much time talking about Oklahoma during Colorado week of all weeks. Oh, yeah, it's coming full circle. Yeah, you know, but the way that they run that offense, Jalen Hurts having the experience that he has. He's already won a national championship at Alabama. He transfers. Uh, I think that there is no dispute right now who the front runner is for the Heisman Trophy.
1: Yeah, Lincoln Riley, Scott Frost have a lot of similarities, and right now Lincoln's got it cooking in Norman.
0: Transition to volleyball. Nebraska remains number two in the ABCA Top Twenty-five after going two and zero on the opening weekend. The Huskers with victories over Creighton in four sets on Friday at the Devaney Center. They followed that up with a very impressive uh, three-set sweep of UCLA on Saturday night. So seven sets down, six were won by Nebraska, and there were multiple double-digit leads. And there by the Big Red. This looks like a team. Dan, you asked last week, is this a Final Four team? We said that we had that. We posed that question before even seeing them in a game. We said yes. I think the answer is absolutely yes after one weekend.
1: So we were wondering who replaces Kenzie Maloney and Michaela Fecky, especially at that libero spot. And Kenzie Knuckles has stepped up. Kenzie for Kenzie. She had, what, 41 digs combined between UCLA and Creighton? John Cook said he's... Never really seen that between two
0: matches, especially out of a freshman. And Kinsey Knuckles came to Nebraska having a ton of club experience, very successful at a high school, too. Um, she played for a very successful and uh, prestigious club. And she, when being recruited by John Cooks, told the coach that I want to be a four-year starter. I mean, at that time, she's 15, 16 years old. And she's telling her coach, yeah, I'm going to go play for you and I'm going to be a four-year starter. Those are some big words, and clearly she doesn't lack confidence, and that's one element of the libero position that you have to have to be successful at a high level. You just got to be super confident, and you have to have a good twitch. And so,
1: Kevin, you were at the UCLA match, and it seemed like Lexi Sun really stepped up.
0: Yeah, so- uh, she doesn't have to do anything spectacular. There is really distribution. If you look at the who's getting the ball and the attack numbers, Lexi Sun, Maddie Kubik, the freshman, Jazz Sweet, Lauren Stevens offensively has continued to get better. So I, I don't think that you're going to see too many matches this year out of the Huskers where somebody has 25 kills. They don't need to. Lexi Sun led the Huskers in kills on Saturday with 13. And that's okay because there's just good balance on this.
1: Yeah, team. it can be Jazz Sweet the next night. Warren Stiverens. I mean, there's a lot to to go around.
0: And the one engineering the whole thing is Nicklin Hames, a sophomore setter who had a great season last year. Uh, She is a person that does not lack confidence either. In fact, uh, sometimes she takes it a little bit far. But John Cook says that's a good thing. He's not going to discourage that. He'd rather tell a player to tone it down than ramp it up. Nicklin Hames last year one time got a yellow card underneath the net for talking across the net to an opponent. And then uh, I think I, – maybe I read too much into this. It seemed like Creighton's head coach maybe took exception at some of the celebrations by Nicklin on Saturday. Here's her own head coach, John Cook, talking about the emotion and fire that Nicklin Hames brings to the court. And one thing about this team, I think there's a lot of uh... – they really, really like each other, and they like—you can just see the joy of how they're playing out there. And I think they get really excited when somebody does something spectacular. And some people express it different ways. Nicklin, you know, if Nicklin, uh, you know, she probably could be a football player, you know, so and she has the mindset and the attitude to do that.
1: The great thing is, is that we cover these athletes, so we see them behind the scenes. Nicklin Hames couldn't be more nicer.
0: No, she she does not put on the athlete helmet where it's like, ooh, here comes the media. Here's the reporter. I've got to change my personality. She is as authentic as they come. And it's very refreshing. She's a sophomore. And, and sometimes when you talk to Nicklin, you feel like you're speaking to somebody who's in their mid 20s, if not 30.
1: And that's Just why she's very she, mature. Yeah. And that's why her and Lauren Stiverance are captains. Do you feel like the le- the leadership is right for this team from what you've seen the first two matches.
0: Absolutely. I feel like they don't lack in leadership one bit because they were in some tight situations this weekend, specifically the Creighton match. One of those sets was tied up 23-23. Nebraska needed uh, two points to close it out, and they got both of them. So um, that's where leadership really comes in. Somebody when you, you're you in between points and you get in the huddle to say, all right, let's get this done right now. And clearly those words were spoken, and then it was executed. So we're uh, winding down here on the In Report podcast with Dan Corey on I'm Kevin Suits. We've got a few more minutes here, Dan. Um, do we want to go straight to the prediction?
1: Well, yeah. Let's, Nebraska. Let's Colorado, go to it. What do you got? I mean, I haven't thought much about it. I'm gonna. I'll go 38-24, Nebraska. Two touchdowns. Hold.
0: 38 points out of Nebraska? Yes. They scored 35 against South Alabama.
1: And the defense scored 14 of those, and special teams scored seven. Yeah, I, I feel like the offense is is going to find its groove a little bit. 38, would you say? 38-24.
0: Nebraska? Yes. That's a lot bigger than the spread. The spread, the last we've checked, is around four or five. It's come down. It started at about a touchdown in favor of Nebraska. That's fine. Which I think what it,
1: was the South Alabama line?
0: Yeah, they didn't cover. Yeah. We'll just say that. It was they, way off, They, wasn't they didn't cover. Yeah. The uh, people in Vegas don't always uh, get it right, but they do a lot of times. I think that the right – I think Nebraska wins. Man, I haven't given this much thought either. I'll take Nebraska 23-18.
1: Yeah, and, I think and, a low-scoring uh, game. I really it, it do. It could be that. And, and I will say that, f- and I don't know, wh- who knows about this, but it does look like rain is in the forecast for Saturday, and they're pretty
0: confident about it. So we'll see. Pack your poncho.
1: Pack your poncho. Better than pack your patience. Which I don't have much of. I don't either. And you don't so, have much
0: of it with me either.
1: No, we don't. Uh, so you're, you're heading out to Boulder. What are, and you've been out there before. Yeah. Tell me, I mean, one quick good story from Boulder. Nebraska fans taking over.
0: Yeah, Nebraska fans taking over. I remember, um, what, is it? what was the coach's name, the, the intramural guy for Colorado? Hawkins. Dan, Dan Hawkins? Yeah, Dan Hawkins. Dan Hawkins, yeah. I remember, I think this was the last time Nebraska played out there, 2009. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty with Dan Hawkins. So we go out there on Thanksgiving Day. To cover the game. And on the drive, you're hearing so much about Dan Hawkins and his job status. So that became the narrative of that game is, would it be the last one for Dan Hawkins in Boulder turned out to be the case. Um, but I feel like our coverage kind of took a detour there because we were more on the on the train of, you win this, you go to the Big 12 championship, and and Sue right now has the Heisman hype train rolling. Um, and I remember it was a beautiful day, and we got some amazing video of and Sue that day. Uh, beautiful sky, especially up, up high, uh, high altitude with the mountains in the backdrop. So, uh, that's kind of my, my memory. Uh, the last time of Colorado was going out there with the Dan Hawkins uncertainty. You remember that quote? If you don't like it, go play intramurals. You're looking at me kind of funny.
1: Nah, I don't remember that. I don't remember that quote.
0: It's the big 12 brother. If you don't <laughs> like it, go play intramurals. I dig that one up. All right. It's on YouTube. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I, I just think the offense is, is going to get it figured out, and I feel like Adrian will be good, if not great, on Saturday.
0: Well, there's a lot to learn, and again, I encourage people after Saturday, don't adjust your overall season uh, prediction for this team. Sample size, one game, be
1: patient. I, I do feel like Maurice Washington, if he plays a, a very big role on Saturday, he,
0: he will make a difference for Nebraska. Grass surface, too. I mean, that's always fun to watch uh, football kind of the way it was When it originated. So it's Nebraska, Colorado. This game is Saturday, 2.30 p.m. in Boulder. That's 2.30 Central Time. It'll be televised on Fox at Folsom Field. You can tune into 10-11 throughout the week. Uh, For coverage leading up to kickoff, you'll have road reports starting on Friday and then game day coverage on Saturday. Know your Husker this week on Wednesday, Dan. JoJo Doman,
1: he's great. You definitely want to tune into this one.
0: Got the Monday mashup, Tuesday coverage, Thursday practice reports. Scott Frost, all the goods. Um, Continue to keep it locked in. Not only 10-11 now. On air, but also on our social media platforms. With Dan Corey, I'm Kevin Suits. Thanks for listening to the End Report Podcast. You've been listening to the End Report Podcast from 1011 Now. Subscribe and leave a ratings on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcast. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch 1011 Now Sports and download the 1011 Now app.